Hey, this is Joel Oates, lead pastor of Real Life Church, and you're listening to Beyond the Sermon. Each week, we get the opportunity to dig just a little bit deeper into Sunday's message and offer a little bit more truth and clarity to what was spoken and how it can benefit both you and me in our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Let's jump in. Welcome back to Beyond the Sermon. I'm Pastor Joel, um, and uh, and this is one of those times where we we get the chance to take the sermon that uh, that happens on Sunday morning, uh, this past Sunday, and just go a little bit further, a little bit deeper, talk a little bit uh, talk a little bit more about um, maybe some of those things that God kind of brought to light, and we were able to kind of skim across, and and uh, and we get to take it just a little bit further. And as always, uh, I'm partnered here with uh, Dennis Garcia. Dennis, thanks for being here. Ah, oh, thanks for having me. I really enjoy being part of these conversations, so I, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We uh, had the opportunity to kind of reflect on uh, our, our past weeks, and and uh, he was sharing with me, and I was sharing with him. Man, we've had some busy weeks, and and uh, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of come to this place where um, we uh, this th- this morning um, at the church, and this is for the benefit of everyone that listens to the podcast, you get an early preview of what you're going to experience and see on Sunday morning. We had a group from uh, Messiah Valley Christian School uh, show up with, with a bunch of sixth graders um, and they were all in work clothes uh, and they got off a they got off a big yellow bus and uh, man they they helped serve um, real life church in some incredible ways I mean they and, and really we uh, we had them kind of go out into our parking lot area and 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 they just did a bunch of painting necessary painting that we haven't had a chance to get to and they just used their their small gifts and talents and skills to to go out and and uh, really got to beautify the parking lot a little, a little bit more. And so I, I would, wanted to just publicly thank Messiah um, Valley uh, and uh, John Foreman and their team and, and the students there for their willingness to come out and, and, uh, and just serve real life in such an awesome way. So we were thankful to have them. Um, and, and it really looks beautiful, doesn't it? Oh, it looks fantastic. And, and I, I love that, that they're teaching them uh, the you know part of the Christian life is not just learning about God, but it's living it out and yeah. teaching them to serve uh, with what they have. You know, we we were not called to be perfect in in our service, mm-hmm. right? We're called to be faithful. Yeah. And sometimes service is messy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, God just asks us to show up. Yep. And it was it was just a really cool opportunity to see them show up and serve and be willing to do something that was out of their norm. Yeah. Uh, but in service to the Lord. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they mind missing that quiz or that test uh, that maybe they would have had today. Um, but uh, you know, going back to that that idea of just using what they had, um, you know, I was looking at uh, my painting skills as I was painting and working, and a, all the staff was painting and working alongside them, and they were just doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, there's there was splashes of paint around it and and it wasn't all that perfect but the reality is is I think God was so glorified and so pleased not about the perfection of what they accomplished but about their willingness to be obedient and head in the direction that God wanted them to go and I think that's really about the that really speaks to the Christian life I mean it really it's not about perfection it's not about having it all together it's about you know life if, if be honest with you if we apply it to painting there's there's paint splatters everywhere um rather than actually what we're trying to paint, because in our own ability, I think we fall so short uh, for, uh, you know, to living up to God's standard that we realize, man, our life is so messy, but somehow, some way, God just kind of steers us in that direction, and I think he finds, finds glory in that. What do you think? 
Yeah, and and he he invites us to participate in his work, right? Mm. And and you know, I love the parable that that Jesus tells of the the master that goes away gives his his uh, servants talents, yeah. right? And he comes back, he says, "Well done, good and faithful." Mm. Not 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 good and productive, not, not good, good and, and perfect either, not good right? And perfect, yeah. um, good and faithful servants, and yeah. and that gives me hope, right? Because I am far from perfect. Um, Amen. And uh, just, you know, just being able to, to know that, that God doesn't expect perfection out of me. Yeah. He just wants me to participate in what he's doing. Your wife, Tony, would also echo that. She'd probably give an amen, like, uh, yeah, or, you know, my, my husband's not that, pro- uh, you know. I She's just... having revival in the car yes, right now. Absolutely. She's like, amen, <laughs> She's amen, like, amen. <laughs> amen, that's right. And my wife would probably say the same too. So, uh, but um, I'm, we're thankful for, for graceful wives who, yes. uh, who take our imperfections and still love us. So, um, well, let's, let's dive in kind of this past weekend, obviously we've covered, uh, we finished up chapter three um, in Nehemiah, and uh, and man, I, I, I'll i be honest with you, I, I was kind of torn apart as we've walked through these 10 gates, um, and uh, it has been one of these things where God was constantly bringing me back to, uh, this, is the, this is the life, this is the journey, this is the life, this is the journey. And, and as we walked through all these gates and as we finished up the, past, the last four this past weekend, um, it, those, the, the encouragement that I made out there is, is every single one of those gates I got to have in my life. I've got to walk through those gates. Otherwise, I'm really not living. Otherwise, I'm really not growing. Otherwise, I'm really not um, chasing after the right things and allowing God to do what he wants to in my heart and in my life. And, And they really are, they're all vital. They're all important. They're all necessary. And as much as we'd love to skip over some of those gates, they're all unavoidable. Yeah, but but they're there for our good, yeah. right? And for God's glory. Yeah. Um, all things that we face, whether good, bad, challenging, easy, um, God redeems that for for His glory hmm. and and for our good to grow us. Even those challenging valleys that we go through, right? Mm-hmm. Even the dung that we have to walk through in life, get rid of. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, on the other side of it. We look back and we say, "Wow." And and even this morning dur- during our our prayer time, our Tuesday morning prayer time, we're um, reading through Psalm one nineteen and and see that the the psalmist was thanking God for the suffering because it was for His good. Yeah. And as we look at these gates, we see that that they all point us to our need for God and His work in our life and His sufficiency and, and that that we're we're on this journey. And I wish it was linear and easy, but but it's not Wouldn't right. It's, it's <laughs> it, we're just we're bouncing around like a like a a, a pinball right? yeah. <laughs> back and forth between the gates. Yeah, it, uh, it, but this... the whole time God is there and He's faithful in all of it. Oh, He is. And and even though it seems like our life is chaotic, there's such an orchestrated plan mm. of what God is doing in our life, and He takes chaos and He. He alone perfects those things in our life, and He is constantly perfecting, and He is He is molding, and He's shaping, and He's doing it, and He's using even the hardest, most traumatic times in our life in order to produce something that wasn't once there. Um, and that's hard for us sometimes to believe, especially while we're walking through it. But but maybe we look maybe a year, twenty years down the road, and we look in hindsight, and we're like, I know why God did that. And I know, yeah. I know how important and essential it was for me. Um, and in regard to that, you know, I, I, we talked a lot about the Word this past mm. weekend. We really talked about, a lot about the Word. And, and, um, and, and man, I, um, I shared a story about Hien Pham, uh, this Vietnamese interpreter in 1971 who came to know Christ because some American soldier handed him a Bible. And, uh, and he gives his heart to Christ. But... But I, I was so, 
I was so moved by that story. And I was also so simultaneously challenged by that story because um, it, challenged my, it challenged my heart um, and it challenged about uh, my ability to, to, to process and think through uh, this, this question of, do I, do I long, do I pant, do I, um, am I willing to seize God's word at every opportunity that I am willing to go through uh, the toilet, mm. <laughs> really, like he and Fom did, uh, and take used toilet paper uh, in the you know in the form of crumbled uh, you know a crumbled piece of of paper um, torn from a Bible just so I can actually read the words of God and and uh, and you know what I I'd like to say yes because because yeah. I'm not having to do that but I can go down you know one block down the road and I can buy ten Bibles um, whereas this guy's willing to you know go through a toilet and actually clean off everything on that piece of paper just so he can have God's word in front of him. Yeah, this morning my daughter and I we were we were talking about um, the Bible app, right? That they've just surpassed five hundred million downloads. Wow. of of the Bible app, and, and I told her I, I'm probably account for a hundred of them, right? If they're just counting downloads, because <laughs> I have it on every one of my devices. You know, every time I get a new device, I, I download the Bible app. Um, I have a shelf of, of different translations of the Bible, yeah. and and um, man, I, I I I'm like you. I don't know that I. I would go through the mm. the toilet, right, to, to yep. get a copy of God's Word. I'd like to think I would. And, and as you were talking about that story on, on Sunday, it reminded me of a video that um, was circula- cir- circulating around the internet. It was on YouTube of, of uh, Chinese Christians receiving Bibles for mm. the first time, right? People that had, had never owned a copy of the Word of God, and their, their love and appreciation for it was so deep that as they were, they were unboxing it, they, they were hugging the Bibles, they were kissing the Bibles, they were mm. weeping because they finally owned a copy of God's Word. And I was like, man, I want to love the Word of God like that, right? Yeah. As I study through the Psalms, I want to love the Word of God like David loved the Word of God. Oh my goodness, And uh, yeah. man, that, that's, so that, that's become part of my prayers. God, give me a hunger and thirst for your Word. Give me a desire for your yeah. Word that nothing else can satisfy. I, you know, again, David says it so poetically through the psalm <laughs> um, in so many different ways where, as the deer mm. pants for the water, so my soul longeth after you, you know what I'm saying, just longs for it. And then the psalm, like going back to what you were talking about at our prayer time every Tuesday that we have, in verse 72, it says, your instruction, your word is more valuable to me than millions in gold and Mm. silver. And I'm going, do I value the word more than all the riches of this world? Yeah. Uh, I pray that I do. I pray that I, I, I believe that I do. Um, but, but man, sometimes my, my actions, I think <laughs> falls, fall short from maybe demonstrating that in, in, um, in ways that my words are so easily offered, um, in moments like this, you know, or having a conversation with someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love the word. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's so valuable to me, but do I really, do I really yeah. value that, um, and have it that meaningful in, in my heart and in my life? And so I was challenged, man. I, I was really challenged. Now, I, I mentioned a little bit further, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. So I was thinking about the, uh, obviously, as we were talking about the Word and we were looking at it, I was, I'd really love to hear your thoughts, Dennis, about 
um, I, I brought in how the Fountain Gate plays such an intricate part into uh, the relationship with the Watergate, and how the Fountain Gate obviously represents the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and um, and kind of the role that He plays in the life of the believer, um, and how uh, and in regard to how we see the things of God, how we understand the things of God, how we begin to read the words of God. And and I think that's the difference. I think we can read we can read scripture as a book or a novel and I think there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that have done that for for years and they're like why does this impact anyone? Why does this change anyone? Because I really don't think they actually have uh, the the rose-colored glasses that they actually need to have in order to see the life that actually is springing off the pages. Because it's not, it's not, the whole point is not to lead people to information, but life transformation. Yeah, to your point, I took a class in college that was the Bible as literature. And we studied the Bible as another book of literature, and we talked about the genres, and, and, and it was helpful for me in, to, to see uh, some of those, those aspects of it, um, but it was just so blah. It was bland. I mean, it was, it was clinical in, in our approach to Scripture, and, and as I've matured in, in my walk, I, I've realized that um, the Holy Spirit's fingerprints are all over Scripture, right? Mm -hmm. He is the one that pens Scripture through the human authors. He is the one that that draws us to Scripture. He is the one that that illuminates it to us, to help us to to understand what Scripture means. He's the one that that gives us a hunger and a desire for Scripture. He's the one that gives us a strength to obey the Scripture. So, you know, approaching Scripture without the Holy Spirit in us is just like reading any other book. Um, and, and so, you know, it's water, as, as you mentioned in your sermons, water is essential for life, and, and the Word and the Spirit go hand in hand, yeah. and, and they work together, and, and we need both, right? Yep. We, need, we need the Holy Spirit living within us to illuminate the Word of God, and then helping us to live it out. Um, as we, we talked, as we go through all these different gates in life, um, we can't do that without the Word and the Spirit. I go back to some of the uh, my early early years in college, and and I was I was vigorous, and and uh, and I'd love to become argumentative and not quite combative, but but I wanted to win my arguments. I w- I wanted to uh, you know I wanted to get in there, and I wanted to be like. Come on, man. Let's 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 uh, let's go toe to toe about this. And I wanted to walk away with a W and all of the sort. And and I realized. I mean, I'd have arguments with uh, with people about a number of different issues. And now, for me, for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, why can't you see this? Mm. Why can't you get what I'm telling? This to me makes absolute not just spiritual sense but to me I'm going this makes logical sense this makes this makes uh, philosophical sense to me I mean all of these things kind of ring you know rang true for me um, and so you know I, I mentioned the uh, the person that 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 believes that abortion is okay mm-hmm. you know this past weekend and 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 those were some of the arguments I would have and I'd be like can't you get this this can't you see that 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 life um, is so precious. It's so valuable, and and you. How can you not see it this way? How can you not see it the way that God that that this is a life that's knit in your mother's womb and all that kind of mm. stuff? And and they just didn't get it, Dennis. They didn't understand it. And and until God finally brought this aha moment 
of where, Joel, you're, you're getting upset at someone that the only thing that he sees, only thing he knows, and the only thing that comes natural is sin. Mm-hmm. He knows sin. He gets sin. He understands that, that sin um, it, it dominate, dominates and rules his life. And, um, and sin ultimately... Sin ultimately, um, um, really, that's the, only, that's the only language they understand. They understand the things of this world. They understand what the world teaches, and that's what they devour, and that's what they're going to spit out. So why are we so surprised when someone gives us a sinful, worldly response or worldly answer to what we're trying to say, no, that this is truth? I mean, it, I don't know if you've ran, run into things like that or had conversations like that, and you're like... You know, help me understand this. But but again, maybe you had that aha moment kind of in college or early on, like, oh, he's 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 speaking the only language he knows. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was it was a little different of of a moment. It it was more along the lines of um, how how we interact with politics and government as as Christians, right? Because I believe that that we at times we are trying to. Um, use the laws to create people that act like Christians, right? We we want to yeah. we want to use the the government to and 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 that's a whole other conversation for another time. But what came out of that was is right doctrine, right belief doesn't matter if they don't have a right relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Right, because that's the Pharisees. Yeah, they had all the right doctrine. They had all the right beliefs. They lacked the relationship with Jesus. Yep. They lacked the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and and because of that, they they never understood. And 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 I think we we put the cart before the horse. We want people to behave like Christians. We want them to adopt our 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 moral compass, our our Christian worldview. But they're at a disadvantage because they're trying to do it without a relationship with Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's impossible. Yeah, and so really, at the end of the day, someone that doesn't know Christ, um, it's not about convincing their mind that they're Mm. wrong. It's actually, for me, I just realized it's about getting on my knees. That's the greater power. That's the greater gift I can offer anyone that doesn't know Christ, because until they have the Holy Spirit, which comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The moment we surrender and submit to the fullness of what Christ alone has offered offered us and freed us from the power of sin is the moment the Holy Spirit comes upon us, giving us power and authority and, and being able to see truth in the way that it was actually originally laid out. Um, it, it's, it's, fighting, it's fighting in the right way. It's not arguing yeah. to, to win your, your point, but it's fighting for that heart, fighting for that soul so that person can see the way God always intended them to see and understand. Yeah, and and just realizing that you know it's it's even before the Holy Spirit, before they believe in Christ and 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 have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is actively at work in their lives, oh, right? So, yeah, opening their eyes to truth so that they can understand truth and and drawing them to the Father. You know, none comes to the Father but through Christ and then through the Holy Spirit, drawing him yep, to the Father. Absolutely. And so, yeah, absolutely. This is a battle that we fight on our knees. Yep. And, and we fight for the hearts of, of men and women and children. We fight for the hearts of those that don't 
uh, know Christ because we, we're in a spiritual battle, and right now they're blinded, and yeah. they, they need their eyes to be open, and that's yeah. the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned battle, and I think that's so appropriate because we began to dive into a little bit about this unseen battle. Uh, this unseen battle that I think uh, our our adversary, our enemy, uh, the devil and Satan would love for us to just ignore and 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 forget about and let's not talk about it. Let's not. Um, uh, it's not real. It's fabricated. Or again, I, like I, I even mentioned this past Sunday, um, it's just a cartoon. Play that cartoon out in your mind, and it's it's okay. And and yeah, good against evil. And and there's all these different thoughts, but but it really is a battle. I mean, there is a there is real warfare going on. But I think the stakes are a lot higher, a lot higher than what our enemy would love for us to believe. Mm. Because we're not just talking about, oh, I walked away wounded, or, oh, oh I lost that battle, and so, you know, I'm, I'm out this or I'm out that. I mean, we're talking about eternity, aren't we, Dennis? I mean, isn't that, like, he would love to, for us to just completely dismiss everything that's going on in the unseen world. Yeah, there was a, a great movie that came out several years ago called The War Room. I don't know if you ever saw it, uh, but but it was it was a great insight into the fact that, that yeah, we, we are engaged in a spiritual battle, hmm. and and too many times we either ignore that fact or, or we're apathetic towards it or we're distracted hmm. by other things fighting lesser battles that aren't really the battle we should be fighting or we're, we're comfortable, whatever it is, uh, but we, we don't prepare for life. We don't walk through life. We don't pray like if we are actually engaged in a spiritual battle. Hmm. And uh, that, that movie was, was a great eye-opener for me in, in that. And, and we do battle on our knees, right? We fight on mm-hmm. our knees. It's, it's in that war room, that prayer room, uh, that, that we take the fight to the enemy. And, you know, uh, it reminds me again of of where God brought us even this past Sunday, and I want to I want to revisit that story of David and Goliath. I mean, the world would look at David and go, "You're a fool. You're an idiot. You're you're a moron to walk out on that field basically naked. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to go against the world's greatest human." enemy to have ever walked on this earth, the most skilled, skilled warrior, strong warrior. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Goliath. The guy, the guy intimidated and he had, and he had the, the physical proudness and strength to back up everything that he said. And, uh, and David just walks out there, the, meanders out there on the field and uh, I don't know, I guess he's got his little robe on and, you know, <laughs> and these little sandals and, and uh, you know, his little flowing locks of hair or whatever. And he goes out there and the world's going, what are you doing? You're, you're done. You're done. Mm-hmm. You're, there's no way you can do this. But David was prepared in a different way. Mm-hmm. What was that preparation? Do you, I mean, again, that preparation, and we just we just talked about that. What that what does that preparation look like for you? If you were that David, what was he leaning into um, in in your mind? Well, it wasn't his battle, right? Even even think to Ephesians chapter six, where Paul's talking about the the armor of God. Again, reminding us that we're engaged in the spiritual battle. Ephesians six ten, the beginning of the passage says, "Finally, be strong in." 
the Lord. Yep. Not be strong in your skills, not be strong in your abilities, not mm-hmm. be strong in your strategy. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, right? David mm-hmm. went out there, not in his own strength, not in his own ability. He had some success in the past. He killed the lion, he killed the bear, but but now he's facing a foe. He's like, it's not about me. Yep. This is God's battle, and I have the faith that he's going to fight it, and he's going to work through me. And then he goes on to say, even in that same chapter, he says, put on all of God's armor. And, and really, obviously, uh, when you begin to dive into the armor of God and the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the girdle of truth and the sandals of peace and the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and, and we don't have time to kind of fully unpack that, but, but the reality is, is that armor is also unseen. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's actually, and it's, none of it is acquired by human effort. No. It, it, it's not only the battle belongs to the Lord, but the power and the armor itself also comes from the Lord. So even though the human naked eye cannot see what David is wearing when he walks out there, that guy is fully equipped. That guy is fully prepared to face even the most insurmountable odds. I think it could have been Goliath or 10 Goliaths. It wouldn't have mattered because he knew where he was standing. He knew where he was trusting. He knew who he was believing in. And the battle was already over before it begun. And for me, that's such a huge encouragement. And I want even our, our listeners and those that are dialing in, it was an encouragement um, for me, and it should be an encouragement to you, to know that when we are being equipped and we are going to back to the fountain gate and letting the Holy Spirit um, work in our heart and pry those things out of our lives that he needs to pry out, and then letting the Word of God, the living Word of God pour into us, it is equipping us. It is preparing us for the greatest battles we are in or even yet to come. And like again, that's, that's encouraging to me to go, I know I can go against the greatest enemies of this world, and and they may come across as flesh and blood, but the reality is I'm not fighting them. I'm fighting the, the enemies in the unseen world, but I have every tool, every resource, and I have the power necessary because of not myself, not because of what I earned or acquired, but because of who Christ is in me to stand in the day of my greatest tribulation. And, and here's the cool thing about it. Spoiler alert, we also have the victory. Yep. Right? We, we, know, right. That we know how the story ends. Yep. We, we've been told we have the victory. It kind of reminds me of um, uh, in, in the Harry Potter series, right, where, where Harry Potter's battling the Dementors, and, and, and uh, it, it's, it's a really complicated situation, but he knows that he can do something because he's seen him do it before. Yeah. Right? And while we know that we can win this battle because... Scripture says so. Yeah. Right? We, we know how the story ends. And, and, and what I love about the, the armor of God in Ephesians 6 is it all comes back to the Holy Spirit and it all comes back to the Word, right? Mm-hmm. Truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, um, the Word of God. Yep. It, it all relies on those two things. Yeah. And so, you know, I love how in Nehemiah, those are first, mm-hmm. right? The fountain yep. gate, 
the Watergate, and then we get to battle. Then we get to battle. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I mentioned it. it the, there's not a single warrior or a single war horse that walked out of that gate having not visited those two gates first. Mm-hmm. They were filling up. They were nourishing themselves in the way that they need to before they hit that long journey and fought that really long fought, you know, that long fought battle that lied ahead of them. Um, and, and I think they did that just repetitiously. That was just part of their life. And I think we as believers need to understand part of living the Christian life is visiting the fountain gate, visiting the water gate every single day, every single moment of our life and realizing that, guess what? God's going to bring us back to the valley gate. Yes, <laughs> so, so let's yeah. not forget about these other gates that God's going to have us revisit. And, and he's going to go, yeah, the mountaintops are great. And you'll have those moments. But here's the valley again. Hey, by the way, you got to walk through this gate again. There's some other things that I need to do in your life, and the only way I can produce it is by having you walk through the valley. Or, or the, even worse, the, the dung gate. Okay, there's things <laughs> that there there is toxic things in our life that God goes, yeah, we need to get rid of that. And then finally, going back to what you said, and I really loved um, even how you, we already know how this thing ends mm. because then again, we talked about the East Gate. And the East Gate represented, it faces the Mount of Olives. And it's the only gate that's, that's locked. And the only one that can open that gate is the one that's already victorious. The one that walked through that gate last and will come back in not as the man that we, you know, some lowly human man. He's coming back to rule and to reign. Everything is going to be made his footstool in that moment. And those that are with Christ get to rule and reign with him. What an, I mean, what an, an exponential, um, infinite thought to think about that God would invite us into this moment. Yeah, it blows my mind to think that the God that created the universe out of nothing with just the power of his speech mm. has invited us to be his guest for all eternity. Gosh. It's it just, it, it just, and you know, part of part of this journey, you know, I'm looking. I, I go back to Acts one, ten and eleven, hmm. and and these guys are up there and they're watching Jesus go off and he's ascending into heaven. This huge collection, and it says that two white robed men suddenly stood among them. These angelic beings. And, uh, and all of a sudden, our eyes, all these eyes are trying to squint, and they're doing their absolute best to kind of keep that eye. You know, it's like when that balloon goes high up into the air, and you're trying to kind of keep an eye on it, and then eventually it just gets out of your, your eyesight, and you can no longer kind of track it. Um, and I think these guys were just looking up, just staring. And, and the reason why I love these angelic beings standing there, they're like, men of Galilee, what, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Um, Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. He's like, let's just state the obvious guys. He's gone. He's gone. He's, he's back on his throne up, up in, up in glory. Um, and he goes, but someday, someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him. So I, I, for me, I take this in two ways. The first is, um, stop staring upward and start getting busy. Because there is, there is work that God is inviting you into until he returns. But understand this, when he returns, um, we got nothing but hope, glory, his, and we get the, again, like you said, we get the privilege of being his eternal guest for a lifetime. Um, and it was just, 
it's just encouraging uh, to, to think that he, that he, he, we wait for that day. Yeah, and it's going to be an amazing, magnificent thing that, that none of us can even fathom. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, man, I long for heaven. I long for eternity. I long for uh, the time and place where everything is right. Mm. Um, and, uh, man, my heart is there, and, and I can't wait to spend eternity uh, worshiping our Lord and Savior because He alone is worthy of all of our worship. Well, I want to end on this final note. Um, we, we completely... Uh, we, we ended at the inspection gate, and that was the last gate. And really, this is something that no one can really answer but you. And, and right now, if you're hearing this podcast, you have an opportunity to answer this, answer this question to yourself, maybe in your car, or maybe wherever you are, you're tuning in on your phone or at home. Um, the question is, is, is God's going to look through to the rawest form of who you are? He's going to see you. He's going to evaluate you. He's the only one that can. You know why? Because he's the standard. He crafted you. He created you. Whether you believe that or not, it's true. And he's going to look into the depths of who you are and where you are. And, and he's going to ask this question. He's, he's like, what, why, why should I, I let you in? Why should I let you into my kingdom? Why should I let you into my presence? And, and, um, and, and I think those that maybe um, don't know Christ... I think that it'll be such a tragic and sad day because that moment they're going to be going, well, you know, I made a lot of money or I did these different things. I spent my life living for, for me and, and you're a God of love, right? You should, you should let me in. And, and the, 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 the sorrow that's going to come from that moment where he looks at them and he sees them as honestly all, all we really are is sinners. Um, but they never trusted in the one way, the one truth, and the one life being Jesus, and he will say, depart from me. But then Jesus on the other side, Jesus on the other side, for those that actually did know him, the fact that he, is, he stands between the judgment of his mm. father and us that deserves that judgment, he stands in front of us and, and he goes, Dad, this one's with me. And I, I just, I'll, I'll, I will never comprehend that kind of grace, that kind of love. And I'm um, so grateful for it. Um, I'm so thankful for it. And I love that in God's infinite wisdom, he put the inspection gate right next to the sheep gate. Yeah. Right? Because when we stand before the Lord on that day of judgment, it's not about us. No. It's about the, the blood of the lamb that was shed for us that mm-hmm. covers our sins. And it's not our righteousness that gets us into heaven. It's what Jesus did for us. And right there, it is through the sheep gate that we are found approved at the inspection gate. Life starts and ends always with Jesus. Mm. Dennis, thanks for being here, man. Uh, thank you, as always. Um, thank you. I just, I just want to kind of maybe close our time out in prayer today. Um, I just feel led to do that. But um, uh, but if you're out there and you're you just you're you're kind of asking that question, can I just say, man, Jesus is available to you. And if you have questions, uh, I, en- I encourage you to click on that um, uh, real life dot go to re- you know go to real life dot org um, and or get real get real life dot <laughs> org. Excuse me. And uh, uh, and and you can always go. There's there's a plan of salvation that's listed in our website. Um, you can always call. Um, we want you to know what this relationship because it is so sweet. 
and uh, and maybe you can get your hands on on the Word of God. Um, I encourage you to read through First John. I encourage you to read through the Gospel of John, um, and uh, and discover who Jesus uh, can and wants to be in your life. So, um, Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Would you bless those that are listening? Bless um, uh, God. Would you open up our, all of our eyes? to see the truth about who Jesus is, the role of the Holy Spirit in our life, and how uh, we too can hear those incredibly, uh, those incredible words that we all long to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. And Lord Jesus, I, I can't wait to just sit in your rest and your peace, the peace that passes all understanding that we long for in our hearts and our souls, um, and, uh, and spend eternity with the creator of the universe uh, who loves us and gave, gave himself for us. So God, would you introduce yourself to some people um, today? Um, and uh, continue to move uh, both here um, and all around the world. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dennis, Amen. thanks so much, man. Glad to be here. Thank you. And I'm looking forward. We're, we're only through three chapters of Nehemiah. There is so much more good stuff to come. So I hope that you'll continue this journey with us as God is working in us and hopefully he's working in you as well. Well, thank you for joining us. It's because of you that this ministry is possible and allows us to continue to help bring the lost people that don't know Jesus Christ just one step closer to knowing who he is. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you share this with a couple friends? And, and by the way, don't forget to subscribe so that you're the first to know when brand new content begins to come out. Click the share buttons, post your social media, tag us at Get Real Life. For more information, please visit getreallife.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time.